of 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Burns and Gambo. Straight up Chimiclaw. On this Friday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burgey, what's going hey, on? There's that mic button. We knew we could find it there somewhere. What's going on? Final day the of final the uh, Gibbethon. Final yeah. day. We're gonna we're gonna get into the Cardinals and their preseason game number two. This is um, it. In just a moment, but uh, yes, this is it. Final we're push. Few more hours left. Four hours left on our Gibbethon for Phoenix Children's. I believe we're sitting right around one point five million. I saw last tote update was one point six. One point six million. Six. We're trying to get to two million dollars. We're trying to. Oh, Really? Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. I mean, look, not. Let's not, do it then. Let's just not do that it. it's about records. Not that it's about you know setting some kind of mark. It's obviously about the kids and it's about the hospital and everything. At the same time, it this does pride in it. This have pride in it. Yeah. a chance to be the most, the highest earning fundraiser for a children's hospital in America. Right? Like it's never two million's never been breached before. It's never been done before. So you know, if we got a shot, let's go get it. I right? think so. I think so. So we will. Uh, we will just give this number out. And you know, at the beginning of every segment, if you want to make a donation. To our Giveathon for PCH, Phoenix Children's Hospital, you could call 602-933-4567. We'd love for you to become a champion of hope. That's $20 a month, but any donation amount, if you can give $10, $20, $50, we would love that. 602-933-4567. We are under four hours. I mean, we're under four hours left, and then this Radiothon is done for another year. Yep, and so it's your last opportunity to get in on the final push. 602 933 Four, five, six, seven, and oh yeah, it is a triple match Friday here on the Giveathon for PCH. So wow. all of your donations being tripled throughout the course of the day. 602-933-4567 on this Valley Hyundai Dealers Triple Match Friday. Let's tell you what our top story of the day is here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the way in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Our preseason game number two is coming up on Sunday night at State Farm Stadium. The first game at State Farm Stadium. It's going to be nationally televised on Fox. There's a big win streak for the Baltimore Ravens that That's we'll right. get it's into time a little to come bit. to an end right here. <laughs> um, this is ridiculous. Cardinals hosting the Ravens. Of course, you know, no Kyler Murray, no Lamar Jackson, no Cole McCoy. It's going to be Trace McSorley who's going to get the start. There was a, a preview today on NFL.com, kind of the one thing to watch for all 32 teams in Week 2. I, I wasn't a huge fan of their write-up for the game because I think they missed some of the things that maybe we're going to be watching for. I'll, I'll just tell you that the thing they said they're going to look for is whether Kyler is going to be calling plays in the fourth quarter. I don't really care that much about it. I don't know. I, I'm just being honest. That that, is, that, it's great that he's doing it. It's great that, that, that they're uh, letting him do it. I really don't think at the end of the day that matters that much. What are we watching for going in the 
preseason game number yeah, two. Yeah, I think it starts with the cornerback competition now because it does look like Antonio Hamilton may have the inside edge of being the number two cornerback until they bring another one in. And I'm going to continue to say that I am expecting the Cardinals to trade for a cornerback, and I think it'll be a pretty decent one. So, you know, that could shake things up. But I think right now we look at the Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton matchup, and Antonio Hamilton is a lot of people are raving about how well he's played, and there's been some criticism about Marco. So I do think that these games matter for those two guys. That would be first. Yeah, here's Cliff Kingsbury today. By now, I would imagine a lot of our audience has heard this, in case you haven't. He was asked about Antonio Hamilton and how he stood out at camp. Uh, Antonio Hamilton's been been really, uh, I would say, a nice surprise, but we, we knew what type of competitor he was. I think he's continued to ascend and um, really taken over that, that number two spot as of now. Um, physical, tough, you know, edgy, every day, has a chip on his shoulder, and I really like what I've seen from him. Okay, there's two things I hear when I hear that 20-second soundbite. Thing number one, very nice praise for Antonio Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Thing number two, a continual chip, chip, chip at Marco Wilson. This whole camp, it's been chip, chip, chip at Marco Wilson, right? Little chip here, little chip there. Eh, it's a work in progress. It's a this, it's a that. It's a Cliff Kingsbury twice now, I believe, has said. And he doesn't come out, he doesn't come out and rip guys like Bruce used to rip guys, but, but just in some of the comments that he's made about Marco, he's kind of chipped at him yeah. a little bit. And hearing him basically praise Antonio Hamilton to the point where he's elevated him to the number two spot is kind of by default a little bit of a Marco Wilson chip right there. Yeah, he was the 136th overall pick in the draft in the fourth round. Um, so it's not like unheard of that he could get beat out by a guy that was like an undrafted guy and it's been released by a number of teams and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like Marco Wilson was a first round pick and he had all these expectations. He's not like Jeff Okuda, right? I mean, so you look at him and you say, okay, you know, last year he played and I thought he played pretty well, you know, got thrown into the fire. But for some reason, they keep pushing and pushing him. I, I would just push these guys with the simple thought that, hey, we're out there looking for another cornerback because you guys haven't given us any reason, you know, to say, okay, we're good with what we have. So we are actively out there looking. Give me a reason not to trade for a cornerback. Yeah, give me a reason. I'm still going to do it, but that's what I would say. <laughs> give me give me a reason not to trade for a guy because we're on the hunt right now. We're looking to make a, you know, give up a draft pick to go get a guy. Give me a reason not to trade for one. Okay, here's uh, other things to look for. You mentioned the corner room. I would agree that's a continuation of something to look for. I think the running back room is a continuation of something to look for. Do they keep five? You've hinted that they might. They could, It would require a sacrifice elsewhere. They'd have to get rid of something else they'd probably want excess of. And I think this game will be a big part in sort of evaluating the Ingrams of the world and the Benjamins of the world and the Jonathan Wards of the world, et cetera, et cetera, to see do we really have enough in that room that we do want to keep five running backs. I think that's something well, five, really big to watch on Sunday. Five guys are going to get cut by Tuesday. So now we're going to get, you know, we're going to we're going to get that roster down from 85 to 80 on Tuesday. There'll be five more cuts that will come and then the big one will be a week later when they're going to have to make the massive cuts to go down from 80 to 53. So things will get really interesting next week. But there will be five guys that are that are that are here right now that are not going to be on this roster on Tuesday when they make those cuts. But the running backs, 
I don't think any of those guys are in danger of getting cut. I think it's a matter of do they try to put Keontae Ingram on the practice squad or do they go with five guys? I, I see Eno making a team and Williams making a team and Connor making the team. Ward's ability to play special teams really helps him. So I would be surprised if it's a cut thing. It's To me, it's just a matter of do you keep five or do you try to get one guy on the practice squad? Yeah, it, it's it, and a lot of it might have to do with the performance of how those guys play. Then, of course, there's you know the backup offensive lineman. We looked at this the last time. Josh Jones, Josh Miles, I think you keep an eye on that. Trace McSorley. Yeah, is, that's is, a big one, McSorley. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, is it they, three quarterbacks? Is it two? Do you try to, you know, do you keep, give him an active roster spot so you don't worry about yes. exposing him to waivers? I think how he plays is something that's certainly worth watching. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, they went out and they plucked him off the practice, the Ravens practice squad last year and had to put him on a 53-man roster. If you take somebody off a practice squad, you got to keep him on your 53-man roster. You don't have to dress him on game day, but he's got to be on that roster. Um, if you try to put McSorley on the practice squad, then another team that likes him better than their backups can say, hey, listen, I'd rather have Trace McSorley as my backup. They just have to keep him on their 53-man roster so they could go. So somebody may go ahead and do that. So you've got to kind of look at that. Do you feel like you could put him on? Because you'd prefer to just have two guys on the roster because it opens up a roster spot somewhere else. But if you got to go three because you're afraid somebody may grab McSorley. So I think a lot depends on how well he plays. He played extremely well last week. If he does it again this week, you know, other teams are paying attention to yeah. these rosters. And I heard Wolf and Luke talking about this. Neither one of us are going to come in here on Monday and talk about if the Cardinals win the end of the streak as if it means anything. But I do think it is reflective, the fact that the Ravens have won a record 21 straight preseason games. They obviously care about this, right? Hollywood Brown said that because he, he, he was there. Yeah. They, I, mean, they, I mean, I was reading in, uh, I think it was Darren Urban's column, and he said Hollywood Brown was part of seven of those wins. He said they take it serious. I'm pretty sure we take it serious here too. But he said they take it serious. Yeah, I mean, not serious. So clearly, they, they, clearly they do. I mean, not enough that they're going to start Lamar Jackson, obviously. They're not going to start some of their main guys. But but will, for a preseason game, will the Cardinals and their guys who are fighting for roster spots, will they match the intensity that comes with a team that clearly gives a damn about winning these games, right? Mick Sorley, who the Cardinals got from their practice squad, said, you better be ready because they're going to bring it. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> you better be ready because they're going to bring it. All I can think about is Iverson. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice. Yeah. You know, okay, hey, if you want to bring it, bring it. Let's see if the Cardinals can match it. Let's see if the And then, of course, finally, real quick, uh-huh. the starters. And by the starters, I mean the Zaven Collins of the world, the Dennis Gardex of the world, the Will Hernandez's of the world, right? The guys who we know, we expect it to be starters. How are they going to do when given another opportunity? Opportunity because there's only a few of them that we expect to start. How do they play in those moments? You know, yeah. That's something to I keep mean, an eye on too. yeah. Those guys aren't in danger of losing no. roster spots, but it's a matter of positioning. You know, where do you line up as far as you know the depth chart and how many reps you're going to get? When we come back, the Arizona Diamondbacks team playing far better than last year. The players are starting to notice as well. We'll tell you how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Yeah, don't let it. Con- Confuse you. Normally we do this at 2.30, but we've got our big PCH segment coming up for Phoenix Children's Hospital at 2.30. And we are talking Diamondbacks baseball here, and it is a Diamondbacks-based poll question. So, Eric, you're on a little early. Roll with it. What do you got for us today? I'm yawning like I just rolled out of bed, man. It's well, crazy. Well, it's because you youngins, you sleep in really late. Yeah. Uh, Wait till yes, you roll out of bed in the first five steps or like, ooch, ouch. <laughs> ah. 
Wait till you get old. When you get old, the first five steps out of the bed are the worst. See, then your body gets going like, okay. You're a little older than I am. For me, it's the first two steps. And then I'm fine. It's like one, two, and I'm good. For you, it's five. One, two, three, four. Okay, I'm all right. Okay. All right. I'm going. I'm going. Always Uh, worry around that fourth step. Is today the day? Yeah. Is today the day it's not going to get better? in front of the other. Soon you'll be walking out that door. Right. With each passing year, you add Mm. one more step where it hurts, right? Oh, I'm 57. Seven steps. 58. Oh, it's eight steps now. All right. Enough of us sounding really old. Uh, Eric, what do you have for us? Let's talk about some young guys. Let's talk about some youngins, please. Which, by the way, this poll question on app Burns and Gambo, where you can also find links to donate to PCH all day today. But the question is, have the Arizona Diamondbacks officially won the Zach Gallen trade? And if you forget who they were sending out in that trade, the one and only Jazz Chisholm to the Marlins. Yes. So, Yes, Gambo's yes. already in there. Yes. He doesn't yes. want to hear the options. Doesn't need to hear no, it. Yes, they won the trade. Well, they that's won one the trade. option. The other option is no, you should have kept Jazz. And then there is a third option, which is both teams won the trade. No, the Diamondbacks won the trade. They have a star, they have an ace pitcher. They gave up a second baseman. They gave up a second baseman. They're a dime a dozen. Yeah. Like he's a nice player. He's a nice player. But he's not Joe Morgan. He's not Joe Morgan. He's Jazz Chisholm. He's not Joe Morgan. Like the, the Diamondbacks, I understand people out both teams got good. The Diamondbacks won this trade. Yeah, I at the beginning of the season, I would have said the Marlins won this trade because Zach Allen had had two really uneven years the last couple of years. Brent Strom has, I don't want to say he's fixed him, but he's changed him. He's made him better. He's improved him. Diamondbacks have won this trade. I'm not going with both. I think the Diamondbacks have won this trade because I think it's harder to find guys who do what Zach Gallen does compared to guys who do what exactly. Jazz Chisholm does. That, exactly. That's my not that Jazz Chisholm's Felix Meon. But like I said, he's not Joe Morgan. He's a good player, but Zach Allen is an ace. All right, well, the people do agree with you guys. 54.8% say yes. Zach Allen is better for the Valley. In second place, though, 40.7% is both teams won the trade, having a little more respect for Jazz there on the same level as Gallon. And 4.4%, no, you should have kept Jazz. So AZ's happy with Gallon. All right, that's the poll question. As Eric mentioned, you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo one word is where it's at. I thought the poll question would have been, is anybody else going to the America concert this weekend besides Gambo? Oh my god! The first ever 100% no. How many more things can you say, Gambo, before you completely date yourself in like the 1960s? Is anybody else going? Honest to God. Honest to God, we got a we got a Joe Morgan uh, five steps when it hurts when I get out of bed and Felix I'm going Mion. to the America concert. Oh, Felix, Don't forget Felix Mion. exactly. Gambo has has made it his mission in the first twenty minutes of this show to advertise how old he is. I don't feel old. I don't. That's great. That's good. But man. Some of these references, you sound old. Just on you know. Just put, like, do you know I, I, how many times Bickley and Murata have listed off the entire Big Red Machine because of you? <laughs> Joe Morgan. Morgan, Dave Concepcion, Don Gullet, Pete Rose, Tony Perez, Dave Concepcion, Johnny Bench, Cesar Geronimo, Dan Dreesen. Oh, boy. It's, it's probably the genesis of Dueling Gambos, I would think. The Big Red Machine. The Big Red right? Machine. I'm sure that's probably where that started. It always it? ends with George Foster. George Foster! George Foster! You gotta, <laughs> gotta say it like that. Dave Collins! The Big Red Griffin! <laughs> All right, enough, enough. 
The big red machine not in town tonight. The other big red machine, um, the St. Louis Cardinals. I know that's not their nickname, but I was looking for a transition. It didn't work really well, but okay. It really didn't. We'll take yeah. it. Uh, and Paul Goldschmidt, he he has been a big red machine this year. Read a story. We, we got to tip our cap to him, obviously, former Diamondback coming in here. Read a story a couple of weeks ago about Goldie where they acknowledged he's probably right now the leader in the clubhouse he's, for the National League MVP. He's, he's going to be the MVP. He's getting challenged from a couple other people, including his own teammate, Nolan Arenado. But as of right now, it is believed that Paul Goldschmidt could be in line for his first ever MVP. And after finishing close but no cigar several times with the Diamondbacks, it would be nice to see him get one. Three thirty. No, I want to see him win it. We we root for Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, he's not playing for the Dodgers. He's playing for the Cardinals, right? Who hates the Cardinals? Everybody like who doesn't like that? Unless you're a Cubs fan, nobody dislikes the Cardinals. So I, I think you root for Paul Goldschmidt. I think he'll get a great ovation this weekend. The crowds are going to be crazy. I'm going to the game tomorrow, so I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. Cardinals and D-backs. Three, he's hitting three thirty-five. He's got thirty-four doubles, twenty-nine homers, ninety-four runs batted in. 82 runs, 5 steals. Listen, I'm not a war guy. You might be. 6.4. That seems really high, doesn't good. it? Yeah, it's pretty good war. 6.4 wins above uh-huh. replacement. Uh-huh. I, don't know his, I don't know who his replacement is. Uh, it's not Keith Hernandez. <laughs> Again, with the old guy references. I like it. <laughs> he is finished uh, in the MVP voting. Second, second, 11th, third, 6th. And last year he was six. All those ones were with the Diamondbacks, by the way. Second, second, 11th, third, and six were all with the Diamondbacks. He finished sixth last year with the Cardinals. I hope he gets it too. And okay. you're right. Question. Yeah. Hall of Famer, if he wins it. If he seven time All Star, four time gold glove winner, four silver sluggers. He finished third in the MVP voting, like you said. He's been a runner up a couple of times. If he wins the MVP, does it boost his Hall of Fame chances? Well, it certainly boosts it. Does it boost it enough that he gets in? Um, I think he's. Okay, without looking at the career numbers and where he stands. Okay, I don't okay. I don't have any of that in front of me. I'm okay, just going I'm off the top it up. of my I'm head. Call it up. Go ahead. I think he's borderline, but a no. I think he's on the fringe, but he's a no. Okay. But like he's barely I'm say, a no. I'm going to say yes. Okay. If he gets the MVP, that helps a lot. He's got an almost 300 career average, 296. He's got over 300 homers. He's got over 1,000 RBIs. He has hit over 300. One, two, three, four, five times he's hit over 300. He's had over 100 RBIs. One, two, three. This would be his fourth. I think the gold gloves help because he's a great defensive first baseman. Okay, I think that so he's a great defensive first baseman with over 300 homers that's, you know, been an all-star seven times. I think that the MVP helps put him over the top. It's 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 fringy, it's borderline. It, it could go either way. Um Which I'll, cap was he wear? I oh, <laughs> He would wear a if he wins the MVP with the St. Louis Cardinals, he if would he wear wins, a St. If, Louis, he, if he goes into the Hall of he, Fame, he would wear. Well, but if he wins an MVP with the St. Louis Cardinals, okay. I think he would wear a St. Louis Cardinals cap. Okay, I think, I think, 
And that one, you know what? It's funny. I root for Paul Goldschmidt to be MVP. I'm glad you brought this up. I'd root, I, I hope he wins the MVP Me this too. year. I'd Me love too. for him to win the MVP this year. Seeing him go into the Hall of Fame would sting a little bit. As a Cardinal? Uh, it would just, it, I'd be happy for him, but yeah, as a, if, if that's the logo that's on his cap on, on the bust, yeah, that, that would sting Eric, a little Eric, bit. Gotta do, gotta do this. Is Paul Goldschmidt a Hall of Fame? I will retweet it right now. Is Paul Goldschmidt a Hall of Fame player? Yes or no? Will, will Paul, well, how do you want to word it? Will Paul Goldschmidt go to the, end up in the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? Be, I think it's going to be so close. And I think, a lot close. Of it, I think a lot of it will depend on how he closes out his career. He's 30. What are the next two or three years? Because he's what, 300 he's career 30, home he's runs? He's 34. He's 34. Does he so get to gotta, 400? Does he get to 400? Does he need to get higher than that? Is the MVP enough? Is it? Does he need to win a World Series in there to, to bolster that resume? I, I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's right on the borderline, but I would say he doesn't. I would hope he does. I would say he does. Okay. When we come back. That was a good conversation. It was. It was fun. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, triple match. Yeah, we are triple matching today for Phoenix Children's Hospital. You've been waiting all week. There's no waiting anymore. We'll tell you about the PCH kids and why they need your help next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Giveathon on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's the Giveathon, and it's the final day of our efforts here on the Burns and Gambo Show and 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, to encourage everybody in this community to give, give, give to Phoenix Children's Hospital. And why not, Gambo? They are one of the best children's hospitals in the world, certainly one of the finest in our country. Fifty states have all sent someone to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Eight different countries have all sent someone to Phoenix Children's Hospital. But beyond that, understand that when you donate today to Phoenix Children's Hospital, you become a champion of hope. We're going to take a teddy bear upstairs in your name to one of the kids in the hospital right now. Your opportunity to put a smile on the face of a kid in the hospital today. We've gone over just how many kids are in the hospital. And there's a lot. Um, So the ability to send a bear. We, we'd love for every kid in a hospital to get a bear. Like, how great? And that hasn't happened yet. I mean, I'm not lying. Like, that has not happened yet. But the ability to give every kid a bear would be tremendous. And you have that ability. So, uh, become a champion of hope. $20 a month for the donation. There are kids in there right now battling cancer. Kids battling heart defects. Kids battling traumatic brain injuries. And you have the ability. These kids can't wait for the help. They need the help uh, on a regular basis. The need is great for the hospital. So please consider contributing. The number is 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. A champion of hope. $20 per month. Now we understand the economy, inflation, etc., etc. Not an easy time. Not an easy ask. And if you can't become a champion of hope, we'll take whatever donation you can get, of course, because the hospital needs it. The hospital needs you. And you are about to understand and hear why the hospital needs you in moments like this for Phoenix Children's. I want to tell you a story
story about Gia. It's time for another story of hope, and it's presented by Madame Holmes. After a normal pregnancy, Gia was born with an extremely rare neurodegenerative disorder. Only five other children are known to have been born with the exact same mutation. From the moment she was born, she required around-the-clock care. She's a fighter and an inspiration to others. This is Gia's story. I'm Angela Capello. I'm Jeremy Capello, and this is Gia's story. We had a completely normal pregnancy. Everything was fine until the moment Gia was born, and then our world spiraled out of control. Gia, unfortunately, had one of the most severe variants of KIF-1A. It's a rare neurodegenerative disorder. It can rob children uh, their ability to see, walk, talk. It is something that just happened, and we still don't know why. They put her in a little incubator, and the ambulance took her to Phoenix Children's. I was just so scared, and our GI doctor could see that, and looked at me and hugged me, and was like, we're going to figure this out. There has been five children that have had her exact mutation. Most of them pass away anywhere from 11 months to about three years of age. She was 24-7 care. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of doctors. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the doctors and the staff at PCH became extended members of our family. We were, unfortunately, one of those families that had to make really awful decisions, but can look back and we have the best memories of her Mm -hmm. because of the staff at PCH. They were really in it with us. We're going to figure this out. We're going to make her as comfortable as we possibly can. The child life specialists became my best friends. Because of that, we have so many beautiful memories with Gia. Truly remarkable to see that level of care. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I hope we get to heaven. It looks at us all like we're kids. Shameless and painless and perfect in ages. Forgives all the wrong When life kind of gets hard, it's really not that hard when you put things into perspective of what our daughter went through. She was a fighter. She was. We almost lost her several times. Mm-hmm. And as weak as she was, she was so strong. To me, she's an inspiration. I can see her inspiring our other children as well. Gia. She's an inspiration. I know, right? This is just so tough to hear. I know. Like, they are just tough to hear. Yeah, um, tough to hear. Having parents be able to make awful decisions, but they have beautiful memories of of their daughter. Look, nobody nobody wants to bury a child. It's the worst thing that can happen to a human being in, in this world. There's nothing that could happen to you worse. You'd rather be tortured. 
you know, and uh, then have to bury your own child. So, um, yeah, these stories, they're, they're yeah, tough. They're, yeah, they're tough they're, to they're, hear. They're tough to hear. But uh, it's true, but it's, it's real world. It's what really happens in life. Yeah. There's so many of these, you know, she's not the only one. There's a lot of kids that don't make it. They try so hard, but they just don't make it. And, and the, the, the slivers that you, you kind of pull out of a story like that, you know, the best, we have the best memories of her thanks to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Yeah. The child life specialists at Phoenix Children's Hospital helped us, you know, put this all into perspective and 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 gave us these great memories of her and and that's what they do there. Not not every story has the happy ending. Not no. every not everybody gets fixed, but the empathy that they have at Phoenix Children's Hospital, the ability to understand, okay, this is going to be really really rough on you and your siblings and your parents and and we're going to get you through this as best we can kind of highlight that even in those moments where things don't go well, Phoenix Children's Hospital still provides just invaluable resources. So we hope you were moved by that story, and we hope that you're ready to pick up the phone, because as no doubt you've heard by now, today is Triple Match Friday here for Phoenix Children's. Triple Match. Triple Match. Triple match. Now is the best time to call 602-933-4567 to donate to PCH. Triple your donation now. It's the Giveathon Triple, Triple Match. Yeah, you better believe it. 602-933-4567. Triple Match Friday. The Valley Hyundai Dealers sponsoring this Triple Match Friday here on Burns and Gambo. Every single donation that comes in now will be tripled, Gambo. Your $20. Become a champion of hope for just $20 a month. It's really $60 a month, even though you're just giving 20 It turns into 60 If you make a $100 donation, it's $300. If you make a $500 donation, it is $1,500. That number is 602-933-4567. That is the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. It's been a really good day so far. We've only got about three and a half hours left on our fundraiser for Phoenix Children's, our Giveathon here. Take advantage of the Valley. Hyundai Dealers triple match going on right now. 602-933-4567. That number again is 602-933-4567. Triple match. Take advantage because we got some teddy bears we want to deliver. Fire up that train teddy bear express. We're going to take it upstairs at Phoenix Children's. Drop off some teddy bears. We want more on the train teddy bear express. And to do that, you tell that volunteer on the other end of the line that you want to become a champion of hope. $20 a month. As Gambo has pointed out, your 20 becomes 60 thanks to the Valley Hyundai dealers. Tell that volunteer you want to become a champion of hope and donate $20 per month. You just need to call the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602-933-4567. Don't forget to give them your name because when you become a champion of hope, we are going to send a teddy bear in your name up to a child in that hospital today. All right, so get that done while the calls continue to come. In, we're going to turn our attention back to sports and, in particular, ASU football. He was just named the team starting quarterback after transferring from Florida. Emory Jones, ASU starting quarterback, joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are under two weeks away from the opener for the Arizona State University Sun Devils, and they will be debuting their brand-new starting quarterback, who was just named as such a couple of days ago. And joining us right now here on the Arizona Sports Line, the starting quarterback for your ASU Sun Devils, Emory Jones, here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Emory, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Congratulations on the job. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, thanks, Emery. You're a Georgia kid. You played football in Florida. How do you like it out west in Arizona so far? Uh, it's a lot different. A lot different. Different uh, landscape for me. Um, uh, it's been a smooth transition for me, though. Um, I actually came out here for spring break probably like um, a couple months before I actually decided to come here. But I didn't even think about like coming here at all, I was just coming to vacation, and I mean, I mean, I'm loving it. Uh, I'm getting acclimated to the weather. It's really hot out here. But, uh, <laughs> I'm getting used to it. I'm getting yeah. used to it. But, listen, I've been here for 25 years. I'm still not used to it. I, I want to ask you the difference. You know, you were a kid that obviously so highly recruited coming out of high school. You you were committed to Ohio State, then decommitted. Clemson was on you. Tennessee, Florida, Bama, Georgia. I mean, you had so many options. What was the difference in the recruiting process as a high school player compared to entering the transfer portal? This you know this uh, this season and trying to figure out where you were going to play. How much of a difference was that? Oh, it was a lot different, actually. Um, I mean, going through recruitment from starting from 14 years old to 17 years old when I early enrolled to Florida, um, it's a lot different. Um, I was paying attention to a lot of different things, being that, honestly, that I realized didn't really matter. Um, but then I got in the portal. I mean, it was more so um, I knew exactly what I was looking for. Um, and that was is what I was telling every school I was talking to. I, I just wanted support. And, and and the whole coaching staff was behind me. I wanted a stable um, organization, university to be a part of. And I, somewhere where I'm able to win. And, I mean, that's what I got up here. And uh, Coach Hearn, throughout the recruitment, um, he uh, talked to me and my mom almost, I mean, almost every day. And it was like more so like a family vibe here. And I knew that he would take care of me on off the field and, and put me in the best position to be successful. I was just about to ask you, Emory Jones joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, starting quarterback for the ASU Sun Devils. I was just about to ask you why ASU. I think you just answered that. So instead, I'm going to ask you, how tough of a decision was it? Who else were you thinking about? How how hard did you have to weigh this decision to come here? And what were what were some of the other schools that you were thinking about? Emory, are you there? Okay, I'm sorry. We, we lost contact with you. I was just asking you about your decision-making process. You, you just explained why you chose ASU. How tough of a process was it for you to decide on ASU? Who else were you thinking about? Um, ASU, uh, Oklahoma, UCF, um, Notre Dame, actually, was one of the schools. Um, couple of smaller schools I was in contact with just in case anything just happened. But, um, I mean, it really wasn't hard. Uh, I only took one visit and it was here. I came here. My mom came up and, and I mean, 
Like, it honestly was everything I was looking for. The coaching staff, they have a crazy experience, and, and, and they have uh, developed a lot of people in the past. And, and um, I mean, just a, the NFL-type vibe and organization that is running here, um, I feel like it's definitely something that um, would definitely help my game. And, I mean, Coach Thomas here, now, you know, he was in Atlanta for a couple of years with Matt Ryan, and, and the offense that he runs is definitely more like a pro-style NFL offense. And I feel like that's definitely going to elevate my game exactly where I want to be. You you reached out and spoke with Jaden Daniels, the former quarterback of the Sun Devils, who's now at LSU. Even before you talked to Herm Edwards, what did Jaden tell you about coming to ASU? Um, I mean, he told me, I mean, he really was just talking about uh, Coach Herm and, and just telling me what type of guy he was and, and, and just telling me that that's somebody that he still talked to now um, and he had his back through everything that they went through here. And, and that honestly was stood out most of me. And he just told me about his, uh, some of the teammates here, some of the guys here. And, and I mean, I knew a couple of uh, – I knew a couple of some of the players here, but he kind of just filled me in with the roster and, and – they told me how some of the guys work. And, I mean, me and him have a pretty good relationship. Uh, we've been to a couple of counts together in the past years. And, and I mean, but he really didn't uh, tell me anything. I really didn't know. It was just, of course, so I just wanted to get a good feel about uh, Coach Herm and, and the organization that he ran. Yeah. You had Dan Mullen in Florida. Obviously, he lost his job. They decided to go with Billy Napier. I know it was a tough decision. You were still there, you know, in the spring and uh, hadn't made your decision yet to answer the transfer portal. I think you wanted to give Billy an opportunity to see if that would work for you. What ultimately made you decide to leave the Florida Gators? Uh, I mean, I just felt like um, I didn't really have the support um, that I needed to be successful on that level. Um, and especially all the work that I put in over the, the past four years there, um, I, I just didn't feel like I got the same effort back into me uh, being successful. And I just kind of thought they wanted to move on to another guy. And um I mean, when I stayed in the spring, I honestly had, like, one more class take before I graduated. And it didn't, I mean, it didn't really make sense for me to, to get in the portal um, if I just had one more class left. And then I would have to not start back over, but take more classes when I got here. And, I mean, um, I mean, University of Florida is a great school. Um, I mean, I'm proud to be a, a graduate from there. And, um... I mean, I mean, that was really the thing that did it for me. Yeah, leave us with this, Emery. Um, you're a newcomer, and you were just named captain. I, I believe it's the first time in your career you've been named the captain of a football team. How how gratifying is it to go from newcomer to captain as quickly as you have? Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely it means more to me. This is actually my first time being a captain, like, on a team, and especially as a starter, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to represent uh, this university and this team. Um, uh, I mean, I've been working my butt off since I got here, and I feel like, uh, I mean, that's just a result of of the work that I put in and, and, and my teammates and my coaches pushing me every single day to be my best. And, and, and me holding them up to that standard, I feel like, I feel like really um, put me in a position to be a captain. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm just, I, I can't uh, thank these guys enough for pushing me every single day for that. 
Emery, we appreciate it very much. Congratulations again on the job. Congratulations on being a captain. Best of luck this season. I hope we get to catch up with you at some point later on in the year, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emery. Emery Jones joining us here on the Burns in Gambo Show, starting quarterback for the ASU Sun Devils for this upcoming season. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, if you're wondering why it's so darn expensive to get yourself a wide receiver these days, well, you could blame it on the Cardinals, I suppose. We'll tell you how next on the Burns and Gambo Show.